Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, we proudly bring to you out of Studio 212 in the heart of Seattle, Washington. This is Physical Culture Radio, brothers and sisters. I'm the dopest host with the most, Greg Jones, along with my super dope co-host, Chris Edmonds. Chris, how you doing today? Uh, doing well, man. A lot of stuff planned for the week ahead. Had a great past week of training. I am a little frustrated. Okay. And um, my shoulder has built some compensation patterns into it. And what is going on? And and I noticed your client the other day that you posted on, uh, the guy that eats a million calories <laughs> right. and middle of the night meals. Right. He has this the same goddamn shoulder hitch problem I got. And I'll guarantee I know what it is. Okay. It's for me, it is so you get a rotator cuff in the back of your shoulder blade, um, posterior chain. It's called the infraspinatus. Yep. And with me, that infraspinatus gets short and tight. And what that does is that doesn't allow your humerus to glide properly in the glenohumeral joint. And it causes your shoulder to go up. And then your the humeral head actually catches on the top of the, the glenohumeral joint in cap space. And then it grinds on your supraspinatus. So the only way that, and, and I'm, I, my, my shoulder's better and I've been going to active release. I've been seeing two different chiropractors doing soft tissue therapy. So it's been helping. But when, when we build these patterns over four to five years and these imbalances in the body until it gets so bad that you have to do something about it, it's going to take more than a month or two to work those out. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and I'm dealing with it right now. It's frustrating because when I go to do, uh, back workout, my shoulder's feeling better and I go heavier and then my shoulder hurts. Oh. Uh, I'll give you an example. So last week I was doing hammer rows up to five plates. I went up to 140s on uh, dumbbell one arm rows, almost the stack on a couple different uh, uh, matrix machines, some low rows and things like that. And and my back feels great. And But the next day my shoulder gets so freaking tight and – um, it's just frustrating because these, you know, it's going to take a while to, to work through this. Um, and then my next pushing workout, because my shoulder's so sore, you know, it, it's tough to push heavy and it's tough to put, and then I, you know, it's frustrating. So, you know, we just got to deal with the shit when it comes along, but I think, uh, you know, take home for everybody listening, you know, when you have, when you're a younger, uh, uh trainer, trainee, um, and lifting as a bodybuilder, whether it's functional training, whether it's bodybuilding, do your warm ups, do the stretching stuff, do your dynamic movements to warm up your joints, whether it's hips uh, for your lower back and legs or the shoulder girdle for anything upper body. Later on, you know, 10, 15, 20 years into your training, trust me, you're going to thank me you did this stuff um, because. You don't want to ignore it and then build these compensations and um, have to deal with them later because they're a bitch. Yeah, you know, I always joke and tell people, like, just don't be a dumb meathead and ignore that stuff. Um, right. It's not sexy. It's You're not going to be shoulder pressing 315 or, you know, doing incline press with 150s. But if you take that five to ten minutes per session to yeah. warm up, to activate the muscle tissue, to stretch after you're done, um, to get soft tissue uh, work each week, each month, whatever your budget can afford, that goes a yep. long way. Um, right. Because it's easy to get in that 
mode of like, oh, my shoulders are tight. Fuck it. Let's put on some market bomb and uh, go crank. And you don't think about that. Like you said, over time, that stuff adds up compounded with years and years and years. And then you face surgery or tearing a muscle or something major. Yeah. That takes months or a year to correct. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That leads us into today's topic uh, for episode number five, guys. And it is program adherence and the success of a training program within the within that um, program adherence. Um, Chris, you want to start us off with this topic? A hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, in our outline here, uh, I have a bunch of stuff uh, that we're going to get into. But the first thing to me comes um, from thoroughly reviewing your program after you receive it. So whether that be your in-person client or an online client, to me, one of the biggest things that happens is you get a program and I know like ours personally comes with a lot of information. You have uh, six to eight meals uh, for non-training days, six to eight meals for training days. It's got all the notes and the supplements and, you know, whether you're on gear or if you're on the over counter or if you need a special supplement protocol to say lower blood pressure or help manage blood pressure and cholesterol, things like that, health markers, then you get a full like welcome packet plus the email. And then on top of that, if you have a training program that comes with it, that is anywhere between 12 and 16 weeks. And that document alone, just the training program could be 180 to 200 pages. It's very overwhelming. So I think a lot of people will just rush into it and kind of glance over things. And one of the instructions I always have is please thoroughly review every piece. You don't have to read all 12 to 16 weeks of training, but at least glance through the first week. Um, And especially with with the training, if you're going to do that, don't wait till you get to the gym intro workout to read the first session um because to me like if you're doing that you're kind of playing catch up and behind the eight ball where i want you kind of thinking about your sessions all all day and you know what your workouts look like and gearing up for certain exercises especially if it's like you know working with progressive overload um but in terms of speaking i can i can i can speak from experience on that and you giving me my programs Mm -hmm. coach um when I first received program 21 and then did some different programs like the taskmaster, um, you, there, there is a ton of details in these workouts and text. So it's not just the exercise. It's how you do it. It's how you execute it. It's the rest intervals. It's the time under tension. There might be a two second flex hold at the top. There might be ISO holds or ISO, uh, pauses at the end. Um, there's all kinds of different things. And if you do not dive into that, look at the videos, ask questions, then you're missing out on the critical points that, that, you know, make, make a big deal and a big difference in your training from day to day. So, um, and and I learned that by not being super meticulous at first with, I think my first program. And then of course I got hurt deviating from the program. I actually tore my tricep doing triceps on a back and, and by day three weeks before a fucking show. And first thing I did is I, I contacted, um, coach Chris here and, and, and coach John Meadows 
And I said, I think I tore my fucking tricep. And John goes, well, what were you doing? And I <laughs> was like, well, it was back. And it was like it was back day. And then my back was getting so smoked, I started to do a little bit of triceps just to get some uh, blood in the muscle of an opposing group because my back was super smoked. And he got he got kind of pissed off. And, <laughs> and for good reason, he said, every time somebody gets hurt, and my fucking program is because they're deviating from the plan. Correct. I, and, I, I, yeah. and I and and I deviated from the plan and I was stressed out and I had a show coming up in three weeks. It was 2016 Emerald Cup. And uh I I did a fifty pound jump from like fifty pounds to 110 pounds on skull crushers. I wasn't you know, my elbows weren't fully warmed up for pushing and that big jump. Uh, along with how dry I was and I was fucking shredded at the time. Right. Um, it just, it popped, it popped and it was an unfortunate thing. Um, but you know, I, I learned my lesson the hard way. So, you know, the take home here guys is when you get a plan, look at the details, ask questions, do not deviate from the plan, trust the process. We know what the fuck we're doing. Um, tr- trust in that we know what we're doing, uh, as coaches, and don't make the same mistake I did, uh, you know, almost three years ago. You know, it's wild. I, I drastically remember that email chain between you, him and I. And uh, he was like, why in the fuck did you do that? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, why, why would you do, why would you do that? Yeah, Like literally that was his email back to you. Well, back to us. And uh, and he scolded you. And I mean, lesson learned yeah. the hard way. But, um, yeah. you know, getting back to the topic here, uh, the, the next piece is, you know, once you receive your plan, the first thing you want to do, in my opinion, at least, is you want to order your supplements and you want to order anything you may need for the program. So if you don't have bands, if yep. you need chains, if you need a certain mag grip or handle, like that's step one. Because everyone that comes to me, I always say, if you want to start a program on, let's say, you're going to start January 1 with me, you minimally need to get your questionnaire to me by December 16th. That way I can get your plan to you by, say, Wednesday at the absolute latest. And then you have a full rest of that week to review and order anything. And that way all your stuff is there and ready to start. You know, to me, you can't fully be dialed into a program. If you're missing your intro workout nutrition, if you're missing your health supplements, if you're, if you don't have the right bands or things you need to maximize training, like that's what you have to do. And yes, you can buy all my or if your body, if your, if your body's fucked up too. Oh, without a doubt, (laughs) without a doubt. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. You want to order that as soon as you can. Because, I mean, listen, unless you're going to pay for overnight shipping, which most people don't, you're looking at five to maybe potentially seven business days before you get yep. your recovery and your intracarb or, you know, whatever that may be, thermo burn, essential aminos. And so you want to get that ordered step one. The next thing to me is you got to go to the grocery store and make a grocery list. And yep. that starts day one you can't just do that on the fly i always tell people you know set yourself up for success and that way is food prep having enough food having tupperware if you're one of those people who are like crushed for time you need to separate your pills so if you have potentially 10 health supplements each morning save yourself some time and put them in a pill separator so that way you hit monday open the pills toss them in your mouth water and they're down the hatch so food prep is huge um because 
if you don't set yourself up for success, not everyone has a job like me where you work from home and you can make a fresh meal every two and a half hours. You know, you may have a demanding job where you only have 10 minutes to go heat a meal up. And then every bit of that remaining eight minutes of your 10 minute break, you're getting that chicken and the rice in. Like you have to have it that way. If not, you go to work empty handed and either you skip meals or you cheat. So food preparation yeah. for the week is huge. You know, if you have, anywhere between 40 and 49 meals in a week, um, those need to be prepared. And even if it's something as simple as like bagging out your protein powder and oatmeal, um, if you spend some time on a Sunday to do all that, I promise you each week will be way more successful than if you kind of do it on the fly and by the seat of your pants. Um, you know, yeah. what's really funny, one of our <clears throat> new clients in his questionnaire, he put on there, I need McDonald's options on my meal plan um, because inevitably I'm going to get stuck at a fast food restaurant. What, what do you have to offer me? He said, that happens to everyone. And so him and I got into an email back and forth and I said, listen, if you, <laughs> if you prepare, that never happens. I, I don't end up at fast food restaurants. I said, listen, if I'm out on the weekend with my, my wife and our kids, I have two meals in an ISO bag and I have protein powder, nuts and uh, oats in my car at all times. Like literally it's in my console. So there's no getting stuck out. You have those meals. Right. That's three meals. You figure that'll cover you roughly six to eight hours. And like, why would you end up in a fast food restaurant? I said, with my next question, if I'm going to have to be forced to eat out, go to a steakhouse and get a giant filet and a baked potato or a salad and call it a day. Like I'm not going to end up ordering off the dollar menu because I care about what goes into my body. And if your goals are important, you won't end up there either. If you end up at McDonald's, you get a Diet Coke and move on. Yeah. And, you know, I recommend, I have uh, a meal prep sponsor, fullernutrifuel.com here in the greater Seattle area. Um, if they make great, uh, tasty uh, meals and I get 10 meals delivered to me every Sunday. Yep. Um, so part of, part of my success during the week is Monday through Friday. I have two meals at my gym. So when I'm working at my gym, I don't have to bring meals to the gym. They're there waiting for me Monday through Friday. Um, and it, when I'm scrambling and working and training clients and teaching classes and, and dealing with member issues and stuff, when it's time to eat, I eat and I grab a meal and it's there for me. So a lot of you guys, if you have, um, the extra money to spend on meal prep. And it's really not that much more than no. like, if you go out and eat, eat a sub sandwich or eat some little bullshit meal at Jimmy John's or a teriyaki spot or, or what have you, you're going to spend 10 to $15 anyway. These meals cost, you know, in between 10 and $12 when you buy them in bulk. Um, they're, they're, they're macro specific and the, you know, you, you can literally give your diet, um, plan, you know, to, to the meal prep company, and then they'll make whatever meals you want specked out to, to, to what your coach wants. And it makes it real. It simplifies those 10 meals when you're at work or if you're busy or with your kids, but like coach Chris said, you definitely want to, you know, bring things in little sandwich baggies, have a meal prep bag, get yourself. Um, I've got like a, a, a fit pro bag myself and it has six meals that I can fit in there and the little ice containers, uh, the ice gel packs that keep it cold. And then I keep a shaker bottle in the middle, yep. um, my intro workout. And when I go to the gym, I, I have my intro workout. I have my meals in that. So I'll eat in my car after the gym. Yep. Like I don't have time to go home. I don't have time to go home. And I go to the gym and I have my meals there. 
Um, and it's the only way you're going to get in shape, guys. The only way you're going to change and, you know, make this body transformation is by following. Uh, and definitely the fast food thing is, is, is huge. You can't, you can't cheat on this stuff because, you, you know, you're just not going to get the results you want. You know, uh, um, and that's what he ended up saying. He was like, man, he was like, I've never even considered that. And I said, it all comes down to preparation. Like, for example, we're moving on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. I have I went oh, on wow. I went online yesterday and I placed an order with Megafit Meals. I'm gonna have 28 meals coming on Wednesday delivered to the new house, so that when I get there at 10 o'clock to uh to make the uh key exchange with the new house, right. I'm gonna literally have 30 meals waiting on me on my front porch, the new front porch, and right. I'm gonna slap those babies right in the fridge or the freezer. And that whole time we're unpacking, all I have to do is go in there, grab a meal, pull the cover off, heat it up in the microwave for two minutes, and I'm I'm eating in ten, and I'm, I'm back getting back to work unpacking. And you know, it's those little things. Most people would just say, "Oh, fucking, I'm moving." You know, I'm just gonna figure it out on the fly. Well, guess what? I know we're gonna be so busy that I didn't want to have to worry about that. And if you think about it, I got 28 whole food meals, and it was like under three hundred dollars, and that's with delivery, right? That's super yep. cheap. Like that's not that expensive. If you figure I went to yeah. Chipotle and ordered thirty meals, it's going to be way more than that. Um, yeah. So and it's delivered and pre-made. Yeah. So you know, I always tell people just you you have to have to be prepared, and that kind of leads us into our next topic, which is you deciding that your goals are more important than shit food, and it takes mental toughness to realize that. Um, you know, I always try to tell my clients that whatever you're craving, whether it be, you know, chocolate or little Debbie cakes or uh, M&Ms or cheeseburgers and French fries, that food is always going to be there um, when you when you get a cheat meal or a free meal or you've reached your goal and we're going to transition into a new one. Like people get so hung up on I don't get to eat X, Y and Z and they don't realize how fortunate they are to live in a country where we can chase our dreams. And we get six to seven whole food meals a day and it's all good, clean sources. We don't have to catch it. We aren't like begging for food on a street corner, like get out of that mentality of being a victim and, oh my God, I can't have this or that. Like buckle down and be grateful for the fact that you're able to wake up each morning and chase your dreams, make money, you know, lift weights. Like to me, that's what I always try to get people to consider. Um, And then you just have to realize like if you have serious goals, whether that, especially if you're a bodybuilder or physique competitor of any sort, like at some point you're going to be fucking starving. And if you're in the all season, you're going to be stuffed and you just better get used to it. Um, if you want to make progress, that's what's going to happen. If you want to get in nasty condition, you're going to be hungry around the clock. If you want to be put on 20 pounds of stage tissue, you can't tell me every minute of your all season, you're not going to be stuffed to the gills with food. Um, I mean, would, right. you, would you agree with that as a competitor? Oh, Absolutely. Um, and there's a book that I want to reference here, guys. Okay. It's called The Power of Habit. Um, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business by Charles Duhigg, um, D-U-H-I-G-G. And The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. So I, I bought this book. I actually got this book in an uh, airport as I was flying. I can't remember whether I was going to San Diego or Colorado to visit my son or San Diego. Um, but I got this book and I started reading it and you don't, we don't realize how much we are creatures of habit. 
until you look at the daily things that you do. And there's a little thing where we reward ourselves for little things that we do every day, um, little tasks that we do. And you give yourself like a cup of coffee or a chocolate or something like that. And people get into some weird habits. Um, but whatever you do habit wise, if you do it over and over and over again, you're, you, that you, you become that creature of that habit. And so they can be bad habits or they can be good and positive habits. The working out and eating correctly habit is definitely acquired. It doesn't just happen upon you. You have to force it. And, and like you said, it takes mental toughness. It takes preparing the meals and it takes, but once you get into the habit of eating in this manner, it sticks. It doesn't, it, it's not like this always, it's, yeah, it's always going to be kind of a bitch to make meals and prepare meals and stuff, you know, and eating six times a day is going to be more challenging than eating three times a day for sure. But once you get into the <coughs> habit of doing it, once you get in the habit of working out, as you, as, as we know by training so many clients and so many people, you know, people will work out until it sometimes becomes, they overtrain and becomes detrimental because they come, become so habit forming, um, that they over exercise and overdo it. Don't learn to turn the, the, you know, that switch off that they turned on. So there's moderation in this, but creating those po positive habits is, is, is imperative in, in program adherence and, and the success of the programming. Um, so 24 seven, uh, you have to eat clean. You've told me as my coach, Chris, that to lay the perfect brick every day. Yep. What does that mean? Laying the perfect brick is you've got six meals to eat and you've got 42 meals, you know, six meals times seven days, 42 meals. If you lay that perfect brick every day, you get your sleep, you eat your six to seven meals, whatever's on your plan, you work out and you do that day in, day out consistently. You're laying that perfect brick every day and you're building that foundation. You're building that house, so, so to speak, yep. that is that is, is is what you're after. And it's why you're working out. It's why you're eating and why you're hiring a coach or why you're looking on bodybuilding.com or whatever you're looking on these boards, you know, to, to listen to people um, about how people succeed in, in body transformations and succeed in diets and succeed. And it, it's creating the habit and laying the perfect break for sure. Um, you know, two things I thought, what about, about two things I think about there, Greg is um, I yep. heard a podcast of Mike Francois when he was with, it was when uh, Shelby and John had that blue collar radio on RX muscle. Um, uh, I heard him say, Listen, I competed against the literal genetic elite of bodybuilding, uh, like the cream of the crop, you know, Flex Wheeler, Sean Ray, Kevin Lavrone, Chris Cormier, all those dudes, right? And what he said yeah. was he realized that all of those guys, they took time off in the off season. They deviated from their meal plan. They would eat pizza or they'd go eat the firehouse across from Venice as opposed to making a meal. They'd eat donuts on the way to the gym because they knew what genetically they could get away with it. And I'll never forget, he had a quote on there and he said, every time I chose a quality meal over a shit food meal, I was getting one step closer to their genetics. And I'll right. never, I'll never forget that. And he said, each time I ate what I was supposed to, as opposed to being mentally weak and cheating, 
um, that got me one step closer to eventually winning an Arnold. And like, that's, yeah. that's huge, man. Like that, that was a big moment for me hearing someone say that because, you know, in the past, when I first started, you'd heard all this stuff about like junk loading and dirty bulking and all this stuff. And I would get caught up sometimes and, oh man, maybe I need to, uh, my, my scale weight isn't going up. Maybe I need to, need to go eat five guys. And I would do that. Well, as I got better and more mature at bodybuilding, I was like, no, that's wrong. Like I need to just simply eat more chicken and rice. And if I can continue to do that, it's going to add up. And like, I'll never forget him saying that. Um, because that, that to me is huge. And something you were talking about with habits, a, a funny story for you guys. Um, I used to train the, train the uh, police chief of Roanoke and um, something cool that he told me when they were trying to catch criminals is he said, every criminal has a habit and it's usually multiple right. habits. He said, you know, you park in the same spot <laughs> when you go to the grocery store, you drive right. the same way to a buddy's house. And he's like nine times out of 10, that's how we catch criminals is we learn their habits. And he said, a lot of them don't right. even realize they're doing it. He said, you know, you go to the bank and you pull up to the certain, you know, the middle window as opposed to the far most left. And he, and, and that, and that kind of had a huge impact on me. And I was like, Joe, that's huge. And he's like, you don't realize you're even doing it. He said, think about where you park for work. No. Um, and he said, everyone is habitual. So to me, tying that into what we do is if every day you eat meal one at 6 a.m., do it. And eventually right. it's just second nature. It's part of your life. And it becomes, it makes this whole thing much, much easier than at first. It's so hard, especially if you aren't following a meal plan or a training program or doing cardio or whatever you add new to your lifestyle, it's going to be a little bit of time of getting broken and used to that before it's just like, okay, cool. It's just part of my life now. Um, and, and yeah. to me, like, that's what, if you have a more diverse schedule, meaning, you know, you can't eat meal one at six and meal two at nine and meal three at noon and then train at one. Like you have to map your day out. So, you know, if you have a busy job or you're in sales or, you know, you have a, a, a differing split of a work, you know, if you work first shift or second shift or third shift and that rotates, like you have to wake up and, and map your day out. So what I mean by yeah. that is you have to pre-plan meal times accordingly. So if I know I'm not going to be able to train until 6 p.m. tonight, that's going to rotate my meals all around. That means I need to have a meal at five before I lift. Um, and then right. that means I need to have my next meal either two or two thirty. And if I'm, if I have to do that, if I'm say traveling for vacation or for work or whatever, like if my time I wake up changes, that's going to change the rest of my entire day. And I don't think a lot of people have a lot of forethought when it comes to that and it leads to failure. Um, you know, so when right. you, when you wake up, if your schedule is going to be different that day, especially if I'm at a contest prep, if I know that I will literally get my notebook out and jot down my meal times for the day instead of my phone alarm, because my, it's not my normal schedule and I don't want to fuck it up. Um, but again, I'm super OCD and I'm not saying everyone has to do that to look like, you know, a, have be a quality bodybuilder or have a great physique to do that. But that's what I find works best for me and the clients that, I, that take this shit serious, like that's what they do. Well, I, I think you make a good point because what people do in all reality is they get up, they have a ton of shit that comes at them and then they got to do X, Y, Z things. They got kids, they got things, you know, a significant other asking them to do something. And then their eating just goes to shit. Yep. They're not going to get their meals. They're not, they didn't prepare. Um, they may miss their workout. 
So, it, you know, if you plan on getting an early workout and, and got to do it before you do everything, at, the shit show starts at 8 a.m. If you got to get up in, at 5.30 and get in the gym by 6, do yep. that. And have those meals ready so when your day does come at you, um, and, and, you know, my on-again, off-again workout partner, Mark Dugdale, he's got three daughters. They're teenagers. He's got a wife. He's got a business. He also bodybuilds. But how he bodybuilds like three days of the week is he gets in the gym at 5, 5.30 a.m. He yep. gets that shit out of the way and then has to go deal with work and daughters and, you know, everything else that life throws at him. But still seems to come in nasty shape and and be able to work out. Um, and he's probably as busy as they come. Uh, you know, one of the reasons, of the reasons I, I think I respect him and guys like that or girls like that is they're not willing to sacrifice their family time, but at the same time, they hold themselves accountable to their goals. So if that, me if that means I have to wake up at 4 a.m. to eat a meal, to train at 5, to have my day started by right. 7 in order to, say, go to Ty's football game or uh, his wrestling match, like, that's what I'm going to do. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize that they'll, they'll either, they feel like they have to choose one or the other. Like I either have to choose my family right. or work or I have to choose my fitness goals. And to me, if you're serious about it, you'll sacrifice some sleep in order to make shit happen. Um, right. And that, that, that to me, like that's why I look up to guys like Mark is they refuse to, you know, put their family second, but they also refuse to give up on their, their own personal goals. So that's huge. To yeah. Me. Right. So what do you think people's, do you think it's creating the habit thing that, and, and improper planning that, because research says that most Americans, you know, diet four to five times a year, they start and unsuccessfully finish diets like, uh, four to five times a year. Um, and they, and then they come to gyms, they come to trainers and they seek online coaches because they can't figure it out. And it, it not that it's easy. It, it's not like a piece of cake doing all this stuff. It's very, you know, it's time consuming and it takes a lot of, well, a lot of it's in the prep. It's, it's in the preparation of this, that, you know, the, the, the consistent training and the consistent, you know, clean eating happens behind. Um, I think, you know, you, you, you can't blame, um, your life. You can't blame kids. You can't blame things that you have to do day to day. Um, you, you have to blame, like you say that, you know, your shitty ability to follow through and the ability <laughs> yep. to stick with, the, with the plan. Um, I mean, there's no, there's no other two, you know, there's no other way about this or to look at it than, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of fucking up personally by not getting this shit done because if it's a priority, you're going to get it done. Like when things have to happen and kids have to go to school, guess what? That's a priority. Yep. But then, you know, you, you need to make yourself a priority too. Cause people come to me and they got fucked up health and they got high blood pressure and high cholesterol. And they come to me and they say, my doctor says I got to exercise and I got to eat better. And they're like, what do you got for me? And I'm like, okay. And the first thing I do is I send them a questionnaire, go over their goals go over, you know, what, what, what their lifestyle is. And then I say, this is, this is what we do and this is how we approach it. And this is what you need to do. Um, but I, I feel like people shouldn't let that stuff, you know, and let doctors 
tell them, you know, that they need to exercise and, and eat better because I, I, I feel like you should inherently kind of know that as a, as a grown up, <laughs> right. you know, being a grant, a grown, grown man or a woman, you should, you should know the eventualities of these things. And, um, it's funny. I took on a client about, Oh God, four months ago, this, this 96 year old guy calls me out of the blue and I don't, I don't even like, I got so much crap going on. I don't re- even really want to take on one-on-one clients. Right. Um, but I do because I, I, I love training and I love helping people. This guy calls me and he goes, Hey, can you come help me with my 94 year old wife fell down the beginning of the year, broke her hip and I need help to help her move. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I did that. Um, and I, and I, um, train, you know, this gal, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's not easy. And it's, you know, and I, and I look at these people going, this is a 96 year old guy and his 94 year old wife. And they're like making an effort. And yep. I got clients coming to me that are like 26 years old, 33 years old saying that they can't do it. Cause it's too hard. And I'm thinking, how is it too hard? Like, here's this senior citizen that, you know, is in a walker that's working out, you know, and, and making it, you know, better eating habits and trying to, you know, extend their, uh, their life and their activities of daily living and be able to do those things. You don't know, you know, how, how blessed we are, how, how granted we become, you know, to have a healthy body until it's taken away. And then you get yep. that shit taken away. And then it doesn't matter how much money you have. Sometimes this, sh- you can't fix this shit. Nope. You know, it's one of those things um, like what, what I always tell people is this is huge. Right. And, and this is a grim reality of life. If your health slash fitness isn't a top three priority in your life, you're going to fucking fail. So yeah. if your family is first, your work is second, if working out is not third or higher on your order of priority for the day, for the week, for your year, you're not going to succeed long-term. You're just not, you're going to find a reason to do something else, to quit, to give up. And you know, uh, here's something in addition to what I just said, so many people and especially Americans are awful with this. They go to the shitty job that they hate. Like they literally hate it, but they show up at seven 50 AM. They stay till six. They do what's required of them each day so they don't get fired and they go home and they do that for 30, 40 years, 50 years before they retire. And what I always say to those people are, you hate that job, but you find a way to do it. Why? And they're like, well, I need money to pay bills. Okay, cool. So you're telling me you are a type two diabetic. You're prehypertensive. You're on shitloads of blood pressure medication and you weren't willing to give me three hours a week to exercise to not die or to increase the quality of your life moving forward. And let's go full circle with that and talk about a competitor. If you're not willing to give up drinking with your buddies on the weekend, or you think you can just slam a bunch of fucking drugs and cover up for your shitty eating habits because you can't give up Taco Bell. um, You're not going to succeed, bro. You just aren't. Like you have to decide that today moving forward, I'm going to execute this plan to the absolute maximal of my ability and only control the things that I can control. So that is what goes into my mouth, how hard I do my cardio, how hard I train. If you focus on those three things, if life gets in your way and gives you speed bumps and say messes up your meal timing or, you know, you 
aren't able to afford uh, wild-caught salmon each week, and you have to do farm raise to save five dollars a pound, like that's what's out of your that's out of your control. Things that are in your control is what I eat. If it's measured and it goes in my mouth, it's on my plan. If I train my balls off for the sixty to ninety minutes, and when I time for me to get on my cardio, I take it serious and focus. You do those things, you will succeed. And it doesn't matter if your coach is a genius and he gives you the best plan on the planet. Or if it's a shitty plan, but you follow that thing to the T and you make adjustments based upon how your body's responding and you believe in that wholeheartedly that that's going to get you closer to your goals, I promise you will succeed. And at the end of the day, the main reason that people come to us is for accountability. You know, they need someone to yeah. check in and say, you're on track. Or here's how you screwed up last week. Here's a, pro here's a problem solving technique to fix what happened to you, whether that be, you know, fixing your sleep or you know, your, say your hip hurts when you're doing squats or they come to us for accountability. And a lot of times if you have to take your photos in a bikini or your posing trunks and send it to somebody once, twice, three times a week, that if that doesn't keep you on a meal plan, then you're in the wrong sport, in my opinion. Or, or your little trick where if you want to cheat and eat shitty food, get naked and, and do it in front of a mirror. And look at yourself <laughs> like that. That, yeah. That's the, that's the coach Chris technique yep. and then you're going to put down that fucking chocolate bar really fast yeah if you're sitting there with a box of oreos and you're staring at your fat ass and you and you know you got to get on a bodybuilding stage in eight weeks and you're like man that's not even sniffing such striations you'll put down those oreos and go down there and get on the treadmill pretty quick yeah um but, but <laughs> in all in all seriousness um I, I think most people want to make the change um they don't know how right um and so so we're there to help them you know, and help you guys make changes in your life. And it, there's a accountability factor to this whole thing. You have to be held accountable. When I, when I, you know, deviated from my plan three years ago, or if I had, and I'm not perfect that, you know, I, it's not like I haven't cheated in, in meals, um, before in my past. Um, but I'll, I'll let my coaches know, oh, this is what I ate and this is this. It's very rare that ever happens. Uh, sometimes, you know, mentally it gets tough. Life gets tough. And um, you, we're not perfect. We're, we're human and we're not expecting perfection. But, you know, you're, you're trying to do your best and you commit yourself to excellence. You commit yourself to the process. And if you commit yourself and trust the process – you know, you'll, you'll thank yourself and you'll thank your coach and you'll thank your trainer or thank, you know, whoever's helping you workout partners, um, six to 12 months down the road. You know, that, that, I, that's, that's so huge, man. What you just said there, um, because I'm big on not living my life with regret and, right. you know, so many people say, I regret this mistake or I regret that. And, you know, with me personally and everything I try to pass on to our clients is, you don't want to, and I'm going to use the extreme example of competitors. You don't want to be standing on stage or backstage pumping up and you're looking around. And you're like, man, I didn't do my homework. I should have followed my plan more. I should have done every minute of cardio. I should have trained harder. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have dicked off and went to Chipotle instead of preparing my chicken and rice. Like you don't want that regret because there's no worse feeling than you look around and you're like, I'm not in shape. And you know it. Everyone knows it. When you get up Everybody there. Everybody knows it. And you make last call out or they immediately move you to the outside of the, of the, if there's only six in your class and they move you to the end, like, you know, in your heart, you didn't do everything possible. 
And that instantly, that instant feeling of regret is, that's what I want to eliminate. You know, if you die of a heart attack and, or let's say now you don't die. Let's say you get resuscitated from a heart attack. You wake up and you're like, man, those last 20 years of my life, I ate like shit and didn't exercise. I deserve that. And now I'm, my quality of life is going to be diminished because I can't get into just simply exercising three times a week and not eating like an asshole. Like you don't want to have that regret. At least I don't. Um, like that's what would keep me up at night. If, if I'm a bodybuilder, if I'm a athlete trying to do something crazy, like being in the NFL or get drafted, like you don't want to have regret. And if you try it with, with all your might, even if you do it wrong, if you're just trying a hundred percent, that's what we're here to help in terms of coaching, help you fix it, get you in the right direction. Yeah, it's just like in athletics. They say if you're going to make a mistake, make it 100 miles an hour, right? 100%. I mean, listen, you're going to miss yeah. a tackle, right? You're going to drop an interception. But if you're in the right place at the right time and you gave it 100% effort, the coach can't be pissed off but so much. If you're dicking off and yeah. just blowing a block because you're feeling lazy and because you're tired because you didn't condition in the offseason or you didn't take your gasser seriously after practice, like that's what gets you pulled out the damn game. You know, even yeah. professional. I mean, Tom Brady makes a bad throw or a bad read. But it isn't because he didn't do his homework the night before, the month before, the year before. Um, and, and that's so hard, I think, for a lot of people to grasp and wrap their mind around in the grand scheme of life when you talk about fitness is they're just so easy to blow it off because like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it next week. Or it's almost Christmas or I'll just wait till January 1. And I'm like, why? Why are you waiting? Like, attack that shit. If it's that important to you, you'll start tomorrow. Shit, you'll start right now and go to the gym and do some cardio this afternoon if you want to get fat off you. Like, go take your dog for a yeah. walk in the neighborhood. Like, it doesn't have you don't you don't have to have everything perfectly aligned to begin to attack that. You know, that's something I always think about when I on on these internet boards and forums and social media platforms. Like, I see these kids who are really young and they don't have a lot of muscle, and they always joke they 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 major in the minors, right? They they're obsessed about timing a certain amino acid at this time and they can't even eat 3000 calories in a day. And they're wondering why they don't grow. Like, dude, stop focusing on a little minutia and just hit the big stuff. Train your ass off. Right. Eat chicken and rice, eggs and oatmeal, steak and potatoes. Take your intro workout nutrition. And I promise you a lot of things will start to align for you. Yeah. Because that's luck what... <laughs> is where oppert luck is where opportunity meets preparation. Mm -hmm. And there's no such thing as being lucky. You got to be prepared and the opportunity will arise in business, in life, on stage, um, in, in, in anything you're talking about. You know, it, it's your willingness to prepare and the will to win that that it's going to get you through um, being a competitor. Just even if it's a competition with yourself, because at the end of the day, we're all competing with ourselves. So we're we're trying to be better versions of us. I mean, you can compare yourself. Like we get compared on stage. And we compare ourselves. So we constantly look at other people, look at guys. Oh, this guy, th that guy, his body part, this body part. I got to do this. I got to do that. But when it really comes down to it, you're doing this for you. And yep. you're doing it for yourself. And you're doing it for your goals. And you're doing it for the betterment of yourself and your health and your overall well-being. Because if you don't like the way you look, if you don't like the way you feel, then do something about it. Change it. Yep. Um, and, and take the steps to, 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 to make that lasting change um because when you when you work out and you eat a couple good meals and you look in the mirror nothing's going to change you do it no. again in the second day you look in the mirror again nothing's going to change but if you do that over and over and over again lay that perfect brick guess what pretty soon 
you're going to change. You and know, it's going to be lasting. A, a great example of that, man, and then you touched on this. What's so funny is your last contest season, um, I, you know, I posted a handful of your photos at the very end, and somebody reached out to me and said, man, he's so lucky he gets in crazy shape like that. And yeah. for any of you guys who haven't seen Greg's photos, just go browse his Instagram. Like, like there's the one thing I guarantee with you is I know you're going to be in nasty, gnarly condition. You may give up some right. size through the chest, shoulders, and arms, but you will not get beat because of your condition. Your skin's paper thin. It's just nasty, gnarly muscle, and I love it. Like that's why, like your physique, like jumps out at me when you send me your updates because you're you get that hard. And I'll never forget. Right. I told the kid. I said, "It's that's not luck, bro. Like I make him suffer, and I never doubt in my mind that you don't do everything I ask you to the best of your ability." And yeah, despite you having multiple businesses to run and, you know, you having two kids and having an active, busy lifestyle, th you don't make excuses. You follow the plan. No. If I tell you to suffer, if I tell you, look, we got to make weight, you're not going to eat for the next eight hours to make weight. You say, OK, cool, let's do it. Um, And, and we figure out a way like that's what I think people will understand. Like those are the people who aren't lucky. They are they are given the ability from God or it's internally motivated or they they find a way to ensure that their temporary suffering is for a long-term success. And right. it's your hard work coupled with your ability to follow a plan, which is why you come in crazy shape. In my opinion, um, that's just yeah. the damn truth. It's just the truth. And yeah. people want to think Absolutely. it's luck. They want to think it's genetics. They want to blame it on you have old man muscle. Fuck that shit, man. No, you get there because you fucking suffer. And the, right. that fires me up just talking about it. Like, that makes me want to, like, wake up tomorrow morning, go get my ass in the fucking Stairmaster and eat fish and asparagus. Like, just thinking yeah. about that <laughs> gets me, like, worked up like a motherfucker. And I just want to, like, kill yeah. shit and go lift weights. Like, that is what we live for. That moment on stage for five minutes where you look to your right, you look to your left, and no one's touching your condition. Like what I I, I told yeah. one of my clients um, that we'll eventually do a um, a podcast interview with. I told him today he competes this coming weekend. I told him when you strip off your fucking clothes and everyone sizes each other up when you're pumping up, I want you to steal their fucking souls, man. I want them to. Yeah. I want you to I want them to question the last 12, 24, 52 weeks of their prep and think this dude is fucking pilled i'm not sniffing his condition and that yeah. gets inside people's minds and i know when they get on stage and they look at me and i'm posing and everything is popping and they're crisp and it's dry like that intimidates the fuck out of people and like, and you know and you know where their gaze goes right down to the floor they look straight down you are because exactly they, right. they didn't do it a hundred percent and that's the regret i was talking about like if you do your homework and you get beat by a man with better muscle and better condition you shake their hand and say excellent work next time that's not going to fucking happen um or the yeah. time after that it's not going to happen like th that's what's cool to me about this sport or about dieting or uh, about athletic success is when you couple hard work and time great things happen yeah okay guys for Chris Edmonds, I'm Greg Jones. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Physical Culture Radio, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys.